And today we got a new church arising and it's been on the go for about 15 years, that seems to me. And that's the church of the Laodicean. And you need to be careful of the Laodicean church. Let me read to you. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodicean write, These things saith the Amen, and faithful, and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of, out of my mouth because... Uh, thy says, I am rich, increased with goods, have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked. He said, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and a white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye say that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him and sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sit down and my father in his throne. He that hath near, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your love. We ask God for your anointing to be upon your word today. We confess we're nothing, but we also confess that you're everything. And we just ask your, your spirit and, and your love to touch the hearts of this people today. And God, help us to be very careful to be a church, Lord, that you love and that you can use in these last days. And we'll give you praise for it, for it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. As I said, Christ wrote to seven churches. He wrote to Ephesus. We'll talk a little bit about them, but that was the first church. That was the church that was doing pretty good, doing everything. But what did they lose? They lost their love. They were in the motion. They were doing everything they were supposed to be doing. They were working hard. But they just quit loving one another. That's the first sign that you're heading toward the Laodicean church. Now, I'm going to say something to you that God revealed to me the other day in prayer. Whether you agree with it or whether you don't, it really doesn't make me any difference. But you cannot love God and not love people. In fact, we love people is the way we love God. Think about it. When you got things in your heart and you have a lack of love in your heart for people, that means you have a lack of love in your heart for God Almighty. We are His creation. We're his people. We are a family of God. So if you need to work on the love factor, go ahead and work on it because I'll tell you, love covers a multitude of sin. Hello? Maybe that's where I'm supposed to stay today. I don't know. 
the Smyrna Church, the Pergamos Church, the Thyatira Church, the Sardis Church, the Philadelphia Church, and the last, is, as I said, was the Laodicean Church. You may not agree that these are church ages, but that's all right. I, I, I've studied it for a long, long time, and I do agree with it. As I said today, mostly, nearly mostly, we're in the Philadelphia, the brotherly love church. And as far as I can look back and see, when God began to pour out the revival on his church in the late 1800s and God began to spirit-filled people and things become together and, and uh, people got saved by the thousands, not by the hundreds, not ten, not one, but by the thousands they begin to give their heart to Jesus Christ. I was telling somebody the other day, I got a good friend, he's dead, he's in heaven, he's a Baptist preacher, was a Baptist preacher, but he's Pentecostal Baptist. And he run a revival in this one summer, and a powerful man with the Word of God. 300 people got saved in three months. He said in one church, the deacon come down and gave his heart to the Lord and said he had never been saved before, wanted to get saved. The next night, the preacher's wife come down and got saved. Now, you're waiting on the preacher, ain't you? He closed the revival. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're in the soul business. We're not in the entertainment business. And as soon as we learn that, the better off we're going to be. But it appears to me probably like, like the last 15 years or so, and it grows every day, we reach a place where we are I don't know how to say it. We're just the Laodicean church. We're not interested in souls. We're interested in money. Interested in gifts of things. I don't care how good we sing. I don't care how good we preach. The real part of church is when the Holy Spirit brings in us into a worship of our almighty God. And if he's not here, and if we don't have uplifted hands, I started to stop during singing. Now, you, just, you, know, you know me, most of you do. I started to stop in the middle of singing. I said, I want everybody to raise their hands. And I was just going to say, I just going to see how many of you had a broke arm where you couldn't. I'm not saying you got to do like the law did. They, the whole time they sing, they had both hands up. But gracious alive, let's lift our hands up sometime during the singing and tell God we love him and we appreciate what he's doing in our life and what he's done for us. He is, he is so wonderful. We've come to the place now that we're so spiritual we don't need but one service a week. Or so backslid, but I don't know which one it is. Yes, I do, really. I'm not going to say.
Some people ain't going to enjoy heaven if they make it. Because they're going to be there all the time. Hello? I'm just going to preach my heart today. I've, I've worried more over this sermon than I have anything. I, I mean, oh, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. I'm not in the offending business. I'm not trying to offend people. I, I want you to be conscious of what church is all about. There's reason people can't come at church at night. Some live so far away. Some health-wise, some got jobs. I had jobs when I was growing up where I rotated shifts. I couldn't be at church all the time, but I wanted to be. But what I'm talking about, if you're able, you need to be here. And it ain't about numbers. I don't know. I've got it written somewhere in here, and I never can keep up my own notes, but let me tell you this. Over 18 years ago, God told me he was sending me to this church. You've heard it a hundred times, and you're going to hear it a hundred more unless I die soon. He said, I'm sending you to Evangel Assembly. Lord, I don't know anybody at Evangel Assembly. That was a good thing, really. Of course, I kind of knew Ronine, but that's about it. Knew her daddy. But I didn't know that I knew anybody here. And God said, I'm raising up churches in the last day to get my people ready for my coming. And Evangel is one of those churches. And when the church started to growing, and we probably had about that many people, which when you start off with 23, that looks like a big crowd. I don't know how many it was. But old Big Jerry started counting. I'm going to see how many we got today. Good crowd. One, two, three. I don't know where I got to, but God stopped me in a rebuking voice and said, do not count. It's not about numbers. It's about souls. Now, church houses are filled up today, and you could haul every one of them off in a Greyhound bus probably that was saved. We're interested in souls. I want us to pay focus on souls, winning souls, bringing people to Jesus. I remember when every church in the area condemned the Methodist church. Run them down. Because they closed the service on Sunday night. I have thought about putting an ad in the paper apologizing to them. They did because people quit coming. We're doing it today because we don't want to come. We've got other things we had rather do. This is the day of the Lord. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That makes that other six days a wonderful time in our life. When we know that we got contact with him. I, don't, I won't tell you this. I do not believe our church is lukewarm. If it did, I'd be preaching it different. But this is a preaching of warning. We can't afford 
to do like a lot of other churches are doing. Every growing church reach, reaches this place of decision. What am I going to do? You got packed out Sunday morning and everything's going wrong. Some of them have two services and that's good. And Now we've got one that has a service for one hour. Dress like you want to. Eat and drink in the service and go your way. I'm just giving you my opinion. You can call it judgment if you want to. But those 40 churches they have today, I believe out of all 40 of them, you could haul them off in the ground. Because when you have no honor to God, I think church is a place to wear your best. I ain't talking about you got to wear a suit and tie like me now. I think you ought to wear your best. We ought to act our best and be at our best. Where God will be pleased with what we're bringing before him. Paul wrote to the Galatians, said, Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? That's what was going on. They started off in the spirit of God. They started off with souls being saved, and then they moved to something else. What it was, I don't know. But I'll tell you, if it's not the spirit of God, it's wrong. That's why we come to church to be in his wonderful spirit, for him to lead us and guide us and teach us the ways. I've seen a lot of people go in a lot of directions. And I pray for them. One thing we know by the scripture I read to you, every, every church, God knows the works that's going on in it. And he found five out of the seven that he didn't like it. The Ephesians, they were working but they forgot who they was working for. They're doing everything right, but I got somewhat against you. You've left your first love. Friend, without love, we're nothing. We're no different from the crowd outside. We've got to have love in our hearts. He condemns Smyrna, he said, for you're willing to suffer for his sake. <clears throat> no, they didn't. Excuse me. He didn't condemn Smyrna because Smyrna was willing to suffer for his sake. They had, he in the scripture, it says that you'll spend 10 times in jail. Bible scholars say that was just a warning that be 10 persecutions on the church. And, and, and they've got history to prove that there's a period of time where the church was heavily persecuted by the Romans. They lined the streets. There were seven roads into Rome. They lined the streets with crosses of crucified Christians and poured on them oil 
and literally set them on fire alive. What a persecution. Oh, how the devil hates a Christian. But oh, how God loves one. Hallelujah. I'd rather God love me and the devil hate me than it be the other way around. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Pergamos, the doctrine of Balaam and the Nicolaitans, he said, the thing which I hate. You know what that, what that is? It's kind of a mixture of it. Another church did the Balaam part, but that, they, they committed fornication in the church. They believe in having several wives and Seems like that goes on today, don't it? I'm glad I don't live in Utah. <laughs> I drove in Utah one time, stopped. My wife had a headache, and I went down to the drugstore, and I talked to a girl. I said, you're a Mormon? She said, no. I said, you're not? I thought all y'all were Mormons. No, I'm not a Mormon. I said, really? Yeah, my daddy tried to marry me off to some 65-year-old guy. And don't you let them tell you they don't have more than one wife because they do. That's what she said to me. I didn't know. But she lived there, so I'm going to have to assume she told us right. Amen. Said that you in Thyatira, you, you, you've let Jezebel teach. You, you've allowed her with her evil associations and influence but to bother part of the church. All of, them, all of them didn't, but she was a hindrance to the church. Sardis, they had a name that they were alive, but they were dead. I drive by a church, it's a Sardis church, and I thought a lot of times, I believe I'd take that down. Even though it may be in Sardis, I believe I'd put something else up there. <laughs> Claiming something that they didn't have in the Philadelphia church. That's where we are right now. Let me read it to you. Revelations 3, 17, 7 to 13, brother. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things, saith the, the holy and he that is true he that hath the key of David, he that opened, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man open. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength. Thou hast kept my word. Can somebody say amen? Thou hast kept my word. Thou hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before thy feet and to know that I love thee because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. When is that? Huh? Come on. The tribulation period. That's another thing that makes me think that it's a time thing. I will keep you out of that hour of temptation, that hour of tribulation, that time when God's going to run his wrath through this world. And man, I'm telling you, it's no way to even describe what this earth is going through. 
I'll get saved after I after the rapture. I've heard I've heard people say that. If you do, you're hiding because they're looking. Amen. And I just have a hard time believing. If you won't live for him, you ain't gonna die for him. Hello. I know there's a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people that will get saved after the tribulation period. But I believe it'll be most of those will be people that, that never had a chance, didn't know anything about it. Giving you my opinion. You can take it or leave it. It doesn't matter. Then the next, the Laodicean church age. first church lost their first love unlike the second Smyrna they were willing to suffer and paid the price for Jesus Christ the third they allowed false doctrines into the church how many do you know if you are not teaching and preaching the true doctrine you're in trouble the fourth church they begin to associate with evil and accept anything and anyone's teaching and doctrine and the spirit of Jezebel was there. Paul said, know them that labor among you. Know their doctrine. Know their life. Know them. Let them come with a recommendation. I can see all these things in the lukewarm church. They lost their first love. They filled with false prophets. They have evil associations. They're personally referred to as the called out of God, not willing to suffer, but less to, but much less to die for him, having a name that they live, but their works prove that they are dead, yet not cold, neither hot, but lukewarn, staying in the middle. No matter what somebody believes, well, yeah, we are right on that side. And if it's the other way, well, we'll be all right there, you know. If it's ever been a time in God's history for us to take a stand for Jesus Christ, it's in the hour in which we live today. Yeah. They're doing everything they can do to destroy the church or either weaken it down to nothing. But I got news for them. God is greater than they. Tired of seeing people ride the fence. You know, a lot of people misunderstand this statement, but what he, Jesus said, I, do you think that I've come to send peace? I tell you, no, but a sword. Now, he ain't talking about going around killing people, but he's talking about having something. The sword is our Bible. We take a stand with it. We live by it. It's what we have. Galatians 1, 8 and 9 says, But though we or angels from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we, as we said before, so say I now. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade man or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Can't please people. You got to please God. 
See, God's not going to allow us to sit around here lukewarm. He's just not going to, he, he's not going to put up with it. He'd rather you be cool. That's right. Really what he said, you're worthless. If you do not change, I'll spew you out of my mouth. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would die, I would that you were cold or hot, so because you're lukewarm, neither would neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of thy mouth. How many of you went to get a good cold drink of water? Huh? And it wasn't. What'd you do with it? Huh? Spewed it out of your mouth, didn't you? How many went to get a good cup of hot coffee? And you reach up and you take a drink of it and it's cold. Spew it out of your mouth. That's what Jesus is saying to us. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and a white raiment that thou mayest be clothed that the shame of thy neck do not appear and anoint thine eyes with I say that thou mayest see. Buy me gold, try it in the fire. When did he say, buy me gold, try it in the fire? i tell you why. Because there's a price you have to pay to serve God. I know the way of the transgressor's hard. Don't get me wrong. But there's a price. He said, buy of me merchandise, there is a price in serving God. There is a price to be paid. Paul said, I am willing to spend and be spent for the cause of Christ. It costs you some to serve God. But he used the word gold. I tell you, if you have any gold, it's going to cost you a lot. It's going to cost you your time, your care. <laughs> You're going to have to really love her to buy her that gold ring now. <clears throat> Got to be a lover of souls instead of a lover of self. It's not what we want. If it's not, let me read it again, if it's not if we want the power of God, it is how bad do we want it and what price are we willing to pay for it? I know people don't like to go reverse back, you know. I remember when I come in at Pentecost, we got there early until my wife had three kids. Then she started at seven. She thought she, we could make it in five minutes. But prior to that, we had prayer meeting. Amen. We'd find us a room, the ladies would, the men would, different ones would, and they'd pray about 30 minutes. Then this is how we started off the service. Okay, we're starting the service. Come on down for prayer. And practically everybody in that room would get up and come down to the altars and pray. You don't understand, Brother Lang. We've got to be out of here by 7.30 now. 
Well, we didn't have no restaurants and hamburger places. And Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, we're supposed to eat together tonight. Well, eat some right here together. It's better for you than anywhere. Hello? How long have I been preaching? 30 minutes. Buy me gold, tried in the fire. Gold is the purest metal known to man. It will always be gold no matter what you do to it. You can melt it down a thousand times, and when it cools off, it'll be gold. You can take it, and you can beat it till it's one-tenth of an inch flat. And you roll it back up and melt it, and it'll still be gold. Do you know what we have is everlasting? It's not something that we could put in a shelf when we get home or forget about it or turn on the television and come on. You can shape it. You can do whatever you wanted to do. Always shines. Always gives off a light. James said in James 2 and 5, Hearken, my brethren, has not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? Romans 9, 23, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he hath aforetime prepared unto glory and unto Ephesians 1 and 7, in whom we have redeemed through the blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his glory. Come on, or his grace, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he hath respect under the recompense of reward. To me, this is a high place in our life. Solomon, when he got ready to build the temple, he later on messed up, but when he was all right and he had everything going, I guess he got right. Hope he did. If he didn't, he's in hell. I hope he did. He wrote a lot of the Bible, so I assume that he did or he wrote it when he was living, right? Solomon, when he got ready to make the temple, build the temple, I forgot how many shields of gold he had. Now you listen real closely. And the enemy came in there after his death and stole every one of those shields of gold. Jeroboam, the next king. Oh, gold. I can use that for something else. Come on. He made it out of brass. He put the shields back. He shined them up. They looked like gold for a while, but every day you had to shine them, and every two days you had to shine them up. You had to make them look like gold. I wonder sometimes if we have not let the devil steal our gold and we are substitute ourselves back with something else. Come on. Woo, glory. You might not have felt that one, but I did.
I know you think I'm preaching a long time, but I'm turning pages. I'm going to tell you, the lukewarm church today has no righteousness because it has no standards, has no convictions, has no love for the truth. Anything goes in a lukewarm church. They substitute, they substitute power for programs. They substitute uh, smooth sayings for the gospel of Jesus Christ. They substitute con, uh, convenience for the suffering of Christ. Let me tell you, if you don't suffer with him, you're not going to reign with him. That's what he says. He ain't talking about somebody carrying you down there and putting you in jail and beating you back. That's what a lot of people think that means. Because Paul's back was beating the rest of them. They beat him. They stoned him. But I'm going to tell you something. You can have something happen to you physically or you can have something happen to you within your family that hurts you. And you don't give up. You go through the suffering. You go through the pain. And therefore, if you suffer with him, you shall also reign with him. I've never met one single solitary person in my life that didn't have something wrong in their life. Now, here's the difference between this world out there suffering and us. We got a healer. We got somebody that looks down on us. We got somebody when it's enough, he tells the devil, that's enough. Hallelujah. I've seen people healed of cancer and everything else. He is a healing God. But you are a human being and you're subject to things happening to you. We ain't got that new body yet. There's coming a day. Everybody in the ground that served God and loved Jesus going to come up out of that ground. And their soul and spirit, which is with God now, is going to join that new body. And we are going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. He's so wonderful. You go to some churches and all they got on is a dog and pony show. They got now where they blow their blue smoke out. <laughs> Hello? Ah, Brother Lamford, you're just too critical. I'm not critical. I don't care what color smoke they blow out. <laughs> Couldn't you imagine Paul having a service and having somebody blowing out blue smoke or red smoke and... <laughs> Well, probably that's all they got to rejoice about. <laughs> they had Jesus in their heart. Come on. Now, I know, I, I, you, you know me. I don't care whether you like what I say or not. I'm 76 years old and it won't long. I'll, I'll be up there with him, so. <laughs> Amen. So let them blow their smoke. And I'm going to tell you something. Never judge a crowd 
But Jesus had 5,000 around him one day. Next week, they all walked away. It's not about the crowd. It's not about enthusiasm. I'm going to tell you, every manifestation of the power of God must be back with prayer and wholeness living. When you had that in the Bible, I didn't know wholeness was in there. Huh? Without wholeness, no man shall see the Lord. What does that mean? It means live holy. Let me give you a little Baptist now. Let me give you a little Baptist. Good. Who is the Baptist preacher now? The great Baptist preacher. Yeah, Billy Graham, thank you. I'm glad I got Jonathan here. <laughs> Billy Graham said this. He said, Jesus said, if you look upon a woman and lust after her in her heart, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. And Billy Graham said, may I add that any woman dresses in a manner that causes a man to lust after her is also Guilty. Don't that make a lot of sense? Huh? They lie to me. You want me to throw you another little cur? His wife never put on a pair of pants. His wife never wore a pair of shorts. His wife never wore a bathing suit. His wife dressed like a lady at all times. You don't understand. No, I do. You don't. You don't. Now, what you do, you do. I'm not going to say I don't care, but all he told me to do is preach it. And that's what I'm going to do. What is holiness? If it's not talking right, living right, dressing right, what is it? That ain't even in my notes. Oh, I didn't know, Brother Lamper, that you couldn't do that right there. Let me tell you something about I got saved one time. I got saved in my mother-in-law's house, which is a strange place to get saved. Especially, I thought every night I might could choke her. <laughs> Which she deserved. <laughs> so God saved me on her front porch. Free Will Baptist preacher, her brother-in-law was there, a missionary. Many of them got talking Bible. More got, I, I felt something coming over me, and I said, mm, I better get up and go to a movie. I got to get out of here. So I got up. I said, Curve Joy, see you in a little while. I'm going to see if my wife wants to go to the movie. And I walked through the living room. They were all in the den. I got about that far. I had to turn around and go back. And I sat down. 
gave my heart to Jesus Christ. He wanted to save me so bad because when I started, he saved me. <laughs> I needed it more than you'll ever realize how much I needed it. It's a year of the fair. So we went to the fair, and we went in to see the whatever it was, where they dance and do all that, put on show and all like that. Here comes out these women dressed about like a, then about like they do at Walmart. <laughs> I hung my head, and I said, God, if you'll ever let me get out of here, I won't never come back. I've never been back. It's more than just getting saved. There's a thing called sanctification. Well, what, why do we think we can go off on vacation and look like we come out of a whatever and come back home and be these perfect saints? Hmm? That's not in my notes. That's in God's notes. Do like you want. I've said my part. I've done my part. He ain't going to hold it against me. Prayer and holiness. Well, I only like seven pages. See how much I love you? I oh, meant more than seven. Let's see. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it was seven. <laughs> I want to tell you. I'm going to read my last chapter to you, my last verse to you, last page. He told the Laodicean church. I stand at the door every day and knock. When we do wrong, he does that. A little something in our minds makes us think, hmm, should we done that? He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. He that what? Overcomes. Okay. I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. Let me stop right here and tell you something. There's not a temptation you've ever had that Jesus didn't have. And he had them more than one time. But he didn't yield to them. That's what makes him king. That's what makes him where he can forgive us of ours because he was the perfect man and he was man. 
So don't go around telling people, well, I, if I wasn't human, I wouldn't do it. He was human. And he didn't do it. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He's knocking at our door. God don't want anybody to perish. He wants us all to be saved and come to repentance. Let me read the last verse to you, and you can be standing and music and people can come on. One you know by heart, one you've read a hundred times, you've heard it so many times. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to tell you something. Hold on to Jesus. It's coming soon. We are in the last days. Old President Trump gave us one of the greatest signs ever. Everybody hates him and knocks him and wants to get him out of office. But the last seven presidents, Republicans and Democrats, had promised that Jerusalem would become the capital of Israel. There are so many, 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 many scriptures that has to take place before that can happen. And it's happened in mine in your lifetime. It's happened in the last two or three months. Things are back in order. We recovered the land. The capital is there. Jesus is ready. He's ready to come to get his people. Be you ready for in such hours you think not the Son of Man cometh. This world not looking for him. But we are. Stand with me if you will. What church do you want to belong to? I had a lot of them leave here. You know where they went? I don't say a lot, but I've had some. You know where they went? in church one gave an excuse one day why he was leaving to a certain person and to that same person later on he just said well I just really don't want to go to church at night <laughs> I wouldn't care we had church every day one day we will If you don't like church, don't go to heaven. Because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be worship. We're going to rule and reign. For a thousand years, we're going to rule and reign this earth. There's people that's never heard the name of Jesus. They'll hear it.